day smoking these chains, babe. And I got you on my brain. She say the same thing. She on my wavelength. She give me that thing, thing. We bumping old school Wayne while rolling gray, babe. I gotta maintain. And plus, that's all I know. That cush, that pot, that weed. Mommy, I just love to smoke. These fuckers come and go. I'm like them comics, ho. The superhero fly. Luckier than Domino. Oh, you can't stop me. I flow way too the pole wanna pop me cause yo i got broccoli i grow got it on the low so let me know just what you just what you want from me and we gon' ride to it she say she buy my music look in the sky lucy this life we vibe is What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Man Lab Podcast, episode, what is it, Dalton, number four? Four. Number four. Been doing it for a month now. Yep. We got our first guest today. We're pretty excited. Uh, Dalton, why don't you intro- introduce him? This is Kairu Washington, a very good friend of mine. Uh, I love him to death. I reached out to him first. He was one of the first people that uh, came to my mind that I wanted to be on the podcast. Um, he's been... Uh, influence on me on how to be a dad how to be a man how to run through this crazy life um with all its trials and tribulations i would say and uh i asked him i know uh he doesn't like to talk much but he he made a sacrifice today to come out (laughs) for me because he loves me so much (laughs) Um, we were running through, like, trying to figure out who our first guest was going to be, and Kairu was the first guy. Yeah, like, yeah, you were, I, I couldn't really think of anybody else of who has been, like I said, a mentor, and uh, has helped me through a lot of situations that, you know, have come up, and I always, if anything goes down, you're one of the first people I call, hey man, this is going on. What do you think about this, that, and the other? But um, so, welcome to the Man Lab yeah, podcast, Man bro. Lab podcast, bro. Yeah, thank you for having me. Oh, dude, I'm. Um, thank you I'm for flattered. being here. I'm flattered <laughs> that you, uh, all the people in your world, that you chose uh, me to be the first one to uh, enter the man cave. Dude, that. So I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, thank man. You for coming. So, like, uh, a lot of sometimes a lot of the stuff that we talk about is just you know, it's a crazy world we're living in. And, um, I haven't met you before, but one of the things Dalton has said is that you, you've raised, uh, what do you, how many kids do you have? Well, by, well, six kids. Six six kids. kids, Okay. Yeah. So you've, you've managed to do fatherhood right. And I think in today's world, like I've got two kids, another one on the way, my first son on the way. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And so, Anytime I could get the perspective of somebody that's done it before and done it right, I'm I'm all ears. So why don't you talk about, you know, for me, I had my first kid at 19. Why don't you talk about kind of your first initial getting into fatherhood and, and you know, the steps that you took to 
get to where you are today. Uh, okay. Um, so my journey started back when I was very young. I was a young father. I guess you could say I was a kid raising a kid, right? Um, and I didn't stop at the first child. By the time I was um, 20, I had three kids. Um, but in, in terms of like the journey and, and the obstacles that I had to overcome, it was never easy. I think the, the number one thing for me um, was uh, perseverance and, and consistency. Um, and what you say, make sure you follow through on. So if you tell a child you're going to do something, make sure you do it. Because one thing about children is that they're really good at, at kind of throwing it back in your face. Well, you said you were going to do this. And then it kind of disappoints them and breaks their heart. But um, Even at a young age, right? Yeah, even at a young age. Yeah. So, yep. so it's, uh, it's, you know, I can say that being a father is probably the most rewarding thing that I've ever accomplished in life. Was it easy? No. Were there, were there trials and tribulations, as you said earlier? Most definitely. There are a lot of hiccups along the way, but um, the one thing about being a father is learning from those hiccups and those mistakes that you make and pick up the pieces and, and move forward in a positive direction. When I love my kids, I love them unconditionally, um, despite uh, whatever flaws or things that may come up. Um, I, I love my kids uncondition unconditionally. Um, and I was never the parent that um, would degrade my kids in their home. I would never call them stupid or, you know, you're ugly or, you know, anything that was degrading that would belittle them. Because my, <clears throat> the way I think or the way I look at life is that when you walk outside the door, society's going to be down on you, right? Yeah, right away. And the last thing I need is in my home is for my children to be beat down on. So it was always about uplifting in the home. And I didn't, I didn't allow my children to do it to each other. So... It was about um, being in a loving um, and um, caring atmosphere. You know, of course, education was uh, in the forefront of our of everything I do. You know, because um, you know. Yeah, and and you can see that right away. Like when I, you know, met the boys, and it, I can see that energy that you're talking about, like right on their faces. Right when I first met them, they're always smiling, and then you know. Uh, super nice and like I think that's a f amazing point that as soon as you walk out your front door <laughs> society's coming down on you life will kick your ass yeah, for you yeah and yeah. breathe down your neck right away and judge you and whatever you know um, to be able to take someone away from that you know that you love I think there's that I didn't even you haven't even told me that before <laughs> why, are you, why are you not sharing why are you not sharing the knowledge don't let out the secrets yeah <laughs> jeez that's so that's so true too what, what you were saying with the perseverance piece too like because i know for myself and i bet a lot of people can relate there's i fall short all the time and oh. sometimes you can get so down on yourself like you feel a failure as a father and all these things but i think it is true like you got to get get up and just keep going and keep doing the right things and mm -hmm. That's awesome, man. So how did you like, how did you get in that mind space where you knew that these were the things that you wanted and like, how do you keep yourself consistent and persistent like that for over the years, you know? You know, of course I had people in my life that were um, mentors or people that I looked up to. That at a young age, I used to say, dang, I wish I could be more like that individual. Um, and so um, 
I just tried to surround myself around positive, motivating people that were uplifting and that were um, moving in the right direction. You know, I've heard that saying, you know, you, rub, you need, you know, if you want to be somebody and you want to go somewhere, you need to not only wake up and pay attention, but you also need to rub elbows with those that are there. Yeah. You know, um, been there and done that. So for me, I tried to put myself in a position to where um, I needed to rub elbows with those that were successful, that had been there and done it. You know, um, what better what better advice to get it from someone that's was successful at it? Right. And so, um, and multiple people cool. because you can kind of see how this guy did it or this uh, this other guy did it, and kind of make your own way, exactly. right? You kinda yeah. Get bits and pieces from each individual and kind of form it to how you want it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was it was definitely um, some learning experiences and some. <laughs> Some um, some not good days, not and but for the most part, it was mostly happy days. So, yep. you know, I, I can't, even though my journey started young, I can't look back and say, you know what, I regret every step of it because I don't regret any of it. You know, there's a reason why we go through what we go through, right? Yep. And uh, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. So, um, I've always been an individual, you know, where where adversity comes my way or, you know, or obstacles or, you know, things that kind of what people would call setbacks, I tend to look at it differently. I tend to say, you know what, I'm going to look, I'm going to, I'm going to assess the situation. I'm going to do what I can to, to move forward and, and not, and not let, um, not let the world and not let people dictate my outcome, you know? Right. Because ultimately who dictates my outcome is myself. Right. You know, no one else can dictate my outcome but me. So, yeah. I um, you know, my kids are, they're um, they're very good and they're and they're very loved and 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 life is good for them. Yeah. And they're and they and I see it every day. Every time they call me, and they talk to me, and we have deep conversations about life, and and we we do a lot of reflecting. And which yeah. Reflecting is good because that tells you where you came from and where you and where you're trying to move forward to. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I definitely think you know you got to know where you've been to know where you're going. You know, um, one thing I wanted to say is, uh, when, what about the department? What, what, uh, uh, attracted you to go to the department of corrections? Was that kind of like, did you research it online or word of mouth or? No, there was several reasons why I chose the department. Well, first reason I need the benefits. Right. Um, I had young children and I needed to be able to, um, have some good benefits. The second reason why was because they were uh, willing to pay for an education for me. Oh, okay, um, yeah. And um, so this was early days when you uh, went to do this, huh? Right. Okay. Right. So, um, so that was the main reason, and they needed some stability. Stability was important to me. You know, university yeah. children you need to have yep. that form of stability. When so. when uh, when did you, where did you move from move from, and when did you move to AZ? Uh, I moved here in 2000. I moved here from California. Okay, okay. So I grew up in California. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, the first time I met you, we were not talking about it not too long ago. Uh, I seen you in the briefing room. I come in, like, you know, ready to do my job. Baddest dude on the shift, obviously. <laughs> and I see this this guy sitting in there, and I'm like, oh, well, dude, 
who's this? And we happened to be in the same building, isn't that right? We did, yeah, we did. We That's happened right. to be in the same building, and I remember we went out to the Ramada, and I don't, it's, that's been a while ago now, I don't know exactly what we talked about, do you remember at all, that first time? No, I can't recall, that was several years ago. <laughs> yeah, and I just remember from there, because you would do overtime every, what day was it? It just, it varied. Yeah, you would um, kind of fit it in where you, Yeah, I had to fit it in with my kid's schedule. Yeah. Yeah, and my whole life. you would do swing shift from two to ten, and that's from what there, he was saying you like he remembers yeah. your work ethic. Like yeah, that was, that's something that you're not just born with. Dude, I would look at him. He would come in after I got to know him for a while. I would be able to recognize like when he was just like he'd been working all day, tired, probably did overtime the night before. And he would get these slow blinks. And just like look at me like, Pena, I'm not messing around with you today. <laughs> I'm not putting up with your yeah, shit today. Because <laughs> I would, immediately, after we got to know each other, immediately I would start talking shit to him. Of course, that's Dalton's way. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, um, I, I can't remember what it was. I feel like we, I feel like, you know, we have to bring the Slim Jim story. The Slim Jim, wow. <laughs> Slim Jim, I remember the Slim Jim. I know you remember the Slim Jim. You never let me forget it. <laughs> okay, so, uh, I had been working on the yard all day. I was running around doing stuff and I was starving. I didn't have a second to, to sit down and eat. He was working overtime. He was in a building. And after I was kind of done with my duties, there was probably like, what, like an hour and a half because we were going through count. Yes. And I go, uh, there's an hour and a half left in the shift. I go to his building. I'm like, hey, man, I'm, I'm starving. Do you, do you have anything that, you know, maybe I can, I can just eat real quick? Do you have anything? And he lays out... Uh, a bunch of items for me. I can't even remember exactly what they were. I know there was like crackers and with like dip or something. And then, I don't know, you gave me like a piece of lettuce. Like I was not, I was not satisfied. <laughs> with the lettuce. I think I had like a burrito like you could heat up in the microwave. <laughs> yeah. And then I had like, um, I had like um, some tuna and crackers. You know, yeah, yeah, that, that's what that, it was. That thing. And, I, and then I didn't, I purposely didn't put the Slim Jim out because... I knew that I worked all day and I needed um, something to kind of keep me going driving home. Yeah. And so I kept it in my bag and he took the initiative to go through my bag and the one thing I didn't want to eat was my <laughs> He took it upon himself yeah, to find yeah. the one thing that so, he didn't want to share. So let, <laughs> let, me, let me run you through my mindset of that Unreal. scenario. I look at what's there and honestly I felt like it was a little, it was a little skimpy. So, <laughs> the food that I have out there for you? Beggars yeah. <laughs> and juicers, huh? So, Jeez. so, I was like, I know he's got something else in his bag. And I go through, I zip it, unzip it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then in my mind, I was art, because he was doing count. He was down the run. He wasn't in my general vicinity. So, I was saying in my head, okay. Uh, he said I could have whatever I want, so 
I just took whatever I want, and that was how I was going to defend myself. <laughs> <laughs> so he comes back. You thought this whole thing through. Oh, yeah, I was ready. I knew he was going to be mad. I knew he was going to be mad. He was going to push my button. Yeah. And so not only am when he comes back, I'm eating his Slim Jim. I have my feet on the desk (laughs) and I'm like, what's up, man? How'd count go? And he's like, did you literally just take that out of my bag right now? (laughs) The crazy thing about it is where the bag was hanging. Yeah, he hid in the was in the bathroom area. So the door was closed. And so he literally had to go searching for my bag <laughs> in order to find what was in it. Yeah. So not only did I feel violated that he went to get stuff, he's sitting there he's, eating it right in front of me. Yeah, with his, <laughs> with his feet up and everything. Yeah, like he was like, he's at home. Like, he's just, like he was at home. Like, I'm taking your shit and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, what? So I was a little taken back by that. I was like, what? Who is this guy? Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm like, I offer him a little bit, and you know, you give a person an inch, they want to take a, <laughs> <laughs> take a mile. I'm like, dang, dude. Hey. Honestly, uh, I was. You wouldn't search for that bag. Yeah. Yeah, and for I was very good at making. And it wasn't. It was, the part that bothered me, okay, okay, he took the damn Slim Jim. Of course, I was upset. Now I have to stop at the store and get another one. Which <laughs> I will say that he ended up following me to the store and purchasing me a Slim Jim. Yeah. Because I had to get gas anyway that day. So it may have yeah. a gas station. He ended up doing it. But prior to all that meeting him at the store, after count clears, pretty much everyone kind of migrates outside the building and we all kind of like congregate and we just bullshit, whatever. Yeah. So everyone, so everyone starts coming together and then he takes the initiative to start bragging about the fact that <laughs> he jacked my Slim Jim. Yeah. So like, anyone worked in a prison, you know you gotta stay face, right? Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, this fool is not doing this right now. I'm like, what is he doing? So I'm like, this fool up. And so I said, shut up, dude. And he's like, no, I'm just, I took a Slim Jim. Yeah. So I was I doing it on purpose. I immediately got mad at him and I, yeah. I kind of hit him a couple times and I, Took him down to the ground. Yeah. Because, of course, I had to stay face, right? I mean, yeah. I yeah. Stay face. This was not going to just take my shit and then also... Go brag about yeah, it. Yeah, go brag about it. <laughs> so you so took like, him down? I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I took him down to the ground. <laughs> and then, of course, everyone's like, well, not everyone. Some people like, yeah, get him. And other people are like, dang, why you got to be so mean to him? But, but that's just how our relationship it is. Was, it just, yeah, it was just like that. It was, <laughs> it was that... I can't say love-hate relationship, but it was just that relationship where... He just needed to be put in his place. <laughs> I don't teach him a lesson. Like, 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 first of all, you're old enough to be my child, right? <laughs> I got a son, and you, you're like a year older than my son. I'm like, who do you think you are right yeah, now? Right. <laughs> so, so you didn't take any more Slim Jims after that? No, no. You knew better to take any more Slim Jims. No, I didn't mess with the Slim Jims anymore, but... Oh, man, oh, I'd be talk- I would be talking shit all the time. Yeah. Oh, it didn't stop there because the next day in briefing he brought it up in briefing. Or the next yeah, I was talking. I went. I went and bu- from that's Washington. What happened the other day with his Slim Jim? That's so dull, dude. Yeah, I, was, I was done. I was like, hey, don't come around me, okay? Don't come <laughs> around me. my space, man. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. with he was good at, like, smearing people's faces. Like, yep. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember. I remember there was another time where 
I got you. I got you pretty um, frustrated. I don't know. This has probably been many occasions, but that's probably the one, probably, <laughs> probably the one that sticks to us most. Is, yeah. Uh, like the Slim Jim situation. But yeah, we've had many, many situations where you said things or did things that were. You can always count on Dalton to talk shit. <laughs> I loved it, especially with you, I know, bro. I, know. I, I, I loved it. Man. I, think, I think you love the reaction that you get out of it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> like, I can see it in your face. Like, yeah. you'll be like, I'm about to jack you up. Bro. <laughs> yeah, because you know that I'm a reactor. Yeah. I'm yeah. in certain situations. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just don't walk away. So, I'm really <laughs> <laughs> He does so he not. just push all his buttons until yeah. he has yeah. to take you to the ground. He, he, did, <laughs> he, did, he definitely did that. Oh, man. Um, That's hilarious. That was, yeah, like, multiple occasions. And I think that was kind of a part of mine and yours like bonding like I knew I could get a reaction out of you and watch you you wouldn't uh want to react but I would be running my mouth like there's no tomorrow and yeah. but I I quickly caught on yeah yeah, yeah. I quickly caught on. I said okay I see what this guy's doing so he knows <laughs> I'm a reactor so <laughs> the best way to defuse the situation is not to feed into his BS. Not give him a reaction. Yeah, yeah. reaction so I've learned to just walk yeah, away. Yeah, I remember. I, like, I feel I like I specifically away. remember the day where I was like, why can't I not push his buttons right now? Yeah, yeah. But why we were, we were already close at that point. It's not like we didn't know each no, other. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, we, we were already close. And at that point, I, I, we, I was going to you for for advice about, you know, what's going on here at at the house or in my life, mm-hmm. and that was honestly probably the best parts of my day when I knew you were coming in for overtime and I could see you and I can run my mouth a little bit, you know. And just so just to make the record known, and I would feed him. Yes, he <laughs> so would. He would stop off like. Cause I was the one on the outside, right? So I would stop off and grab like dinner, right? Yeah. And I would always ask Mongolian Grill, yeah. wasn't it? Oh, it could so. have been. It's a whole bunch of different things I would stop off and get, but I would bring it in. And he would course, call me specifically. He would say, "Got food for me?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, "Are you not doing that at home, bro?" <laughs> Somebody's not feeding this man, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would go through the fridge. And, what you bring today, Washington? What you got? I would say, you think it's Burger King, bro? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's funny, man. I remember specifically one time, or I, I have a vivid image in my head of when we were running a food visit. Oh, yes. And, okay. and... You know how they get. There's so many people. Yes. And I was like, yeah, uh, Rue, go ahead and, you know, go in the room and, you know, call. When you're in the room, for people who don't know, it's, uh, you just sit in the room and supervise the inmates and their and their families. Well, on food visits, this is when the visitors uh, can bring in, you know, uh, very specific 
food group, I would say. Not necessarily a food group, but just specific items. And um, they go crazy with this. And there's a lot of people that show up. So Kairu was in the room, and there was probably 150 people in there. And I remember walking in to check on him and bullshit with him a little bit. And he was like, this is fucking crazy. <laughs> like, do you remember that? Like, <laughs> kind of. you're, you're like, kind how many more people are you going to let in here? <laughs> and, and he's got, his papers are everywhere. <laughs> like, like, I'm trying to call these people out. Nobody's answering the radio. The, the visitors are, everybody's everywhere. Oh my gosh, dude, those days. Well, just, just for the record, it's not that I... The, the the problem He's was, not that calm, cool, and collected people as he's playing right now. <laughs> right now. The, the problem was is the magnitude of people that were coming in. Yeah. And I feel like... Um, we would go over capacity. And, that, and that's the problem. It's like when you know, like, you know, policy or whatever. Yeah. There's certain things that you can't do. And then when you see it unfold right in front of you, it kind of... It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so that's what I was reacting to that. So... I was like, why are we sending more people in? I mean, it clearly says on the freaking wall you can only have 120 <laughs> people in there. The but yeah, we got 150 them. people in. I go, if if OSHA came or the fire department came, yeah. we would be shut down. Right. So, Not I only mean, letting more people in, but it was after the time frame of when they were allowed to come. Yeah, in. so that's another reason why it was kind of irritating too. Because it's like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah. Normally what, what should have happened is the people that came... I mean, because, of course, food visits is a very unique situation, right? And so, and it's only those people that are privy to, to partake in food visits. So the thing is, is that when people are, the way it should have been ran was the first people in, the first out. So that allows everyone the opportunity to be able to partake in the food visit. Right. Well, that's not what was happening no. that day. Just come. And they were like, no, just, you'll be all right. We're, you're fine. Yeah. Just do it. I'm yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, of, course, of course he comes in he sees me rat and rave and he walks right out laughing <laughs> like, really good luck man there he goes again, there he goes again. <laughs> and I, I told him if I ever do a food visit again I will never sit in a room again because first of all I'm not a sitting type of person I'm a mobile type of person like a movie yeah. and for me to just sit there and just watch all these people, <laughs> and you know they're doing stuff they're not supposed to be doing, right? Yeah, they're yeah. definitely Someone, doing stuff they're not, not supposed, supposed to be sharing food with other with other families, and it's like take it's unfolded right in front of you, and it's like I'm only it's only one of me, and it's 150 of them, <laughs> and it's like you're calling. I mean, it got to a point to where like I'm like this got to be normal. People are allowing this to happen. They're not. I'm like, and I'm like, come here. You can't do that. If I can't do nothing, I'm gonna suspend your visit. I'm gonna cut your visit. And they look at me like. Who is this fool? Yeah, why, yeah. Why is he interrupting me? Yeah, that's how it was, man. You need to go back to where you came from. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, that is straight up how it was. And, like, what I want to say, too, is that the people that would come in first are the people that are sitting outside the prison for... So, for hours. They, they pull up to outside the prison at, like, 3 a.m. when freaking graveyards coming in and they wait all day or wait all night and then uh they're so like loyal that they'll be the first ones in they come every weekend and you know for god forbid that you're like hey you were the first one in 
Uh, we're at capacity. You need to leave. Um, get the on site here. I want to talk to the warden. Da 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 da. Like, oh my god, bro. That's why they never did it because these people knew that if you make a scene and you start fighting back and want the seal four or on site or deputy warden there, then it turns into almost every time. Right? Hey, just go ahead and let him stay. It's all right. They're fine. They're fine. So, Kairu, speaking of, like, just work, and I think there's bullshit in every workplace, right? We can all relate to that. Yeah. Everybody listening can. Um, how do you, because you've been doing it for a long time, you know, and how do you can stay consistent where every day you get up and put your work boots on and do the right things? Because for me, sometimes it's like, man, you your paycheck all goes to bills. It, makes, it feels like you're not making any progress. You're dealing with bullshit at work. It's... I've found that you've got to keep the right headspace or you just succumb to negativity and start not putting out and all those things. Is, is there... I think, I think give yourself a reality check. I think everyone has to give themselves a reality check, right? I think when you look around and you see what you currently have, um, I, I look at my life and I say that I'm blessed, right? I'm blessed. I'm blessed with all the things that I have and the people that I have in my life. And... Um, and sometimes taking yourself outside of your comfort zone and maybe going to um, other people's environments and seeing how they live puts things back in perspective, right? And so um, one of the things I did with my children growing up was I remember when they were kids um, going to Los Angeles, taking them to Los Angeles, taking them down Skid Row. And I purposely did this on purpose, right? Because I wanted them to see. So I literally parked my car on one side of Skid Row and we walked. So we walked. Just walked, walked about, down Skid Row. Yeah, walked about three, because it's a, it's, a, it's a long stretch. So I remember walking down um, Skid Row for about like three or four blocks. And I went, and I did it purposely in the evening because that's where you got more movement in, is when, in the, when the sun is going down and the weather's a little bit cooler. And so we walked. And they were like, Dad, why are we doing this? Because I, I want you to see something. I want you to see something. So we walked, and... And of course, they saw a little bit of everything, right? They right. saw people doing drugs. They saw they probably they saw people selling drugs. They seen a little, maybe a little bit of prostitution. They saw it all, and they seen people like living in cardboard boxes. Um, there was just a lot going on. So, anyways, after we got done with the experiment, I asked them, "I go, do you know the reason why I did this?" And they go, "No." They were, you know, they were young teenagers, I guess. And I said, "Because I want you to understand something. In life, we have choices." And whatever choice you make, there'll be an outcome. And whatever that outcome is, make sure that it's a positive one. So you can choose to live your life like we see right here, or you can choose to live a life that I've provided for you. And you can build, build, about, build on that. Right. And I go, so, but the choice is ultimately up to you. And I think with, when you're raising children, you have to paint that picture for them, right? Because so many times growing up, for me, it was, you, you just do as I told you to do because I'm the parent right. rather than show me, you know, yeah. you show me, yep. you know, and I decided to be that parent where I needed to show my children, I needed to paint that picture where they could see it because if they can see it, if they see what's in front of them, then they know exactly what direction they want to go in. So, wow. so in just, terms of like work ethics, in terms of getting up every day, it was just watching what's around me and seeing yeah. what I did not want yep. and what I wanted. And so that was a motivator for me to get up every day to know that that's not the life I wanted to live. And in order to, to, be, uh, to keep the life I, I have, I needed to get up every day and be consistent. 
that's what I did. Yeah, that's huge, man. That perspective is huge. Sometimes I feel like uh, I can totally relate to that because I'm more afraid of who I could be if I don't do the things I need to do. That motivates me more sometimes than thinking about like the good side of things, like mm-hmm. not wanting to be a loser or deadbeat and all these things. It kind of gets me up in the morning. Right, you know? right. That's yeah. huge. So that, that, to me, that's important. That's, and it's crazy because yeah. I feel like we get, you know, surrounded by our own world and we don't see anything outside of that and if you go to i know my my parents did that with me too we're like you're in you have tunnel vision in your life and you think that everything's good and it's hard to see the outside that people aren't as fortunate or they're not as blessed and to be able to look and be in that situation is really eye-opening and kind of humbles you, man, because it could be one decision, I feel like, can lead you down the wrong yeah. way where you end up in a situation like that. And that it, it is that, that you wake up every day and you're ready to to fight that battle and go out and, and put in some real work, not just you know, in general terms at, at your job, but on yourself, you know, I, and as the character of who you are, I think that it's a lot harder for um, people that are in that situation to wake up every day and do that and not give up. You know right. what I mean? I think it's hard for everybody. I mean, yeah, it's relevant, I think, for all the listeners. And I know for me personally, it's it's a battle every day that you have to you have to stay you have to keep it right in your mind and know mm-hmm. what you're shooting for and why you're doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it seems like from a young age, like you deciding to leave California and come to Arizona, that's kind of when we started talking about you coming here to go to the correction facility. Where did that come from? It was just more, you you said like you were wanting stability and all these things. Like that's pretty incredible that you just had the foresight. Like you just knew what you needed to do. I think sometimes a lot of people get stuck in like either what they're used to or excuses it sounds like you didn't make any damn excuses you're like nope but this is the life i want yeah i always tell people i had three kids on my back yeah, <laughs> yeah. three kids on my back at that time to um and they didn't actually be brought here right yeah so in order for me to get them into the future i needed to be the one to guide them yeah and in order for me to guide them i needed to keep my eye on the prize and I own the prize is making sure that I was stable and making sure that my kids had a stable life. So whatever means necessary to um, to make that happen, I had to do. So mm-hmm. a lot of sacrificing, um, <coughs> a lot of um, making sure that they um, they knew my expectations as a father and, um, and making sure that I had boundaries set up for them so that they didn't cross those boundaries. Um, I was a strict father, but I was also fair too. Yeah, I made sure that, you know, they, you know, they lived a normal life like any other kid, right? Any yeah. Teenager. You know, my kids were very athletic and very into sports or whatever. So we did a lot of traveling and um, kept them very, 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 very busy. Um, so if it wasn't sports, it was, you know, academics, making sure that academics was up to par yep. and they didn't stray. Um, we didn't have time for that. We didn't have time for mess ups, you know. Yeah, so right. Got to do what we got to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, so. And you, you, you would help them with, the academics a lot like yeah I did what I could 
You know where I was going with that, didn't you? Just so you know, as far as I can do, I do have a college degree, right. pig, yeah. right. I, I just wanted I to touch on that real quick. I think I'm back to school and get a college degree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that wasn't easy. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's yeah. So you did end up getting a degree while, while you're working and raising kids. Yeah, yes. dude, this guy—it's no joke, man. Was going to school, doing overtime like three times a week. That's why he would do his uh, day shift. What? What was your day shift? Where were you at? Mm, I probably the CO three. Where though? Mm. I can't remember. I'm not sure if it was north. It might, might have been north or it could have been at, uh, when I was working in Phoenix. In Phoenix. I, I think remember. it was. So he would, he was going to school, do his uh, regular day to Phoenix, and then drive out to Florence and oh, do yeah. overtime, and then go back to, you know, a little more west, in the Gilbert area at 10 o'clock, and then wake up and do it all over again. And I was like... Towards you would do overtime on the weekends. I think on Saturday. Yeah, sometimes. You would it do. Just depends on what I had going on. Yeah, you're. So you're, the kids had like something. They had like a tournament or something. Of course, I didn't. I didn't do anything. It was. It was right. more focused on. That would be your third day was Saturday, and I remember I would see him all the time because that was my Friday, and he would be like, "Oh, like it's been a long week." That's like just freaking. You know, at the end of the week, you, you don't even want to get up. And yeah. and then he'd go from 6 to 10 p.m. And just, that sounds like, dude, you're crazy. And I always remember what he told me one time was, um, I'd rather be tired than broke. I remember you you would tell me that all That's the like time. That's like a bumper sticker right yeah. there. <laughs> I'd yeah. rather be tired than broke. Yeah. Yeah. That's the That's damn right. truth. And I, I was like... Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I never did overtime. I that couldn't... was kind of your just mindset, huh? Like you yeah, were willing to grind it out. Yeah, yeah I had, you know, I had a lot to do. I had a lot, a lot of stuff to contribute to, pay yeah. for, make sure that um, we would stand. Yeah, so, that's that consistency again, you yeah, know. Yeah, very much. Yeah. I was all about being consistent. I had to be consistent. I had to make sure that, um, you know, not to touch on like... <laughs> Not to touch on, you know, when I was growing up, um, <laughs> the things that happened to me when I was growing up. But I refused for my children to come to me and say, Dad, I need a pair of new basketball shoes. And, they, and then I couldn't afford to get them. For and not time. be able to. Yeah, so it was uh, whatever I needed to do to do it, you know. Yeah. I've always been to play, though. From the time I was a young kid, I started working when I was as young as nine or ten, yeah. working in the neighborhood, you know, raking leaves up and more lawns yeah know, and yeah. Ten. so i've always had that that work ethic you know um so it's always been in me it's always been in me to make money to go out and yeah work hard to make money so yeah never never afraid of uh hard work so yeah being a little tired i love yeah. that quote man that's a t-shirt or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously yeah. he said that to me all the time be, so like, you got all that shit going on, and you still got to feed Pina every time you show yeah. up too. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. And then I would, yeah, I would purposely good. like get mad if he didn't bring anything. Are you serious? You didn't bring anything for me. You knew you were coming here today. Yeah, you sure would. You sure would. Yeah, you sure would. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, dog. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's so huge, man. Um, for me, like, I think you 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 touched on it earlier. How you got to surround yourself with the right kinds of people and stuff. And for me personally, like having a kid young was mm -hmm. all, probably the best thing that could ever happen to me because it was the same thing where. It's like you got no choices now. Either you're gonna make it happen or not. Right. Sink or swim. Sink or swim. Yeah. yeah that was like, like yeah. it puts a sense of urgency. Like okay, well, you know. Kind of puts things in perspective, right? Yeah. You, know, you kind of like, hmm, what am I do? You know, because I look at I look at my child when he was younger. I mean, even now, but I look at him when he was younger. I'm like, dang, I brought these kids into this world. It's a big responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you look at this child every day. Who's going to feed this child? Who's going to clothe this child? Who's going to give this child the guidance that it needs in order to be successful and productive people in society? And me, it's me, yeah. it's me. And so I had to make sure that I put my best foot forward and never, um, never give excuses for my actions. So um, being a parent is, is uh, I always tell people, you know, me going back to school later in life, and believe me, that was a challenge. Yeah. You know, I waited until my 30s to go back to school, right, to get a degree. Yeah. And I was like, and then I'm around all these young kids, right? You know, they're out there. Their outlook on life is completely yeah. different than my outlook on life, right? I can't and then even I'm told that I gotta team up these people in order to. Were you to, like sitting in class and stuff? Yeah, I was sitting in class. So I like to, 19 year olds. There were certain, <laughs> certain projects I had to do, and yeah. of course I didn't relate to a lot of them. And, yeah. But, um, Did any of them check you? Check me. <laughs> <laughs> Did no. any of them punk you? No. So, I don't believe that. So, yeah. Working. <laughs> working, working on my degree to get my degree <laughs> to me it was a lot easier than um, raising children I think that raising children is the most challenging thing that I've ever had to to overcome yeah because um, these are people and, and these are people's lives that you're guiding and even when they're young they're little people like you were saying where if you tell them something like I'll mess up sometimes and promise my daughter like this weekend we'll go just say get ice cream or whatever mm -hmm. But then I'll be tired and all this stuff. And, like, they remember that stuff. Oh, yeah. And do. it's, yeah, it's such a huge responsibility. But it's it's the most rewarding thing. Very much. Especially when you look, like, when I look back on hindsight, I'm like, dang. You know, none of my kids have been to prison or jail. None of my kids have, um, they're all very successful in terms of mm -hmm. education-wise. Mm -hmm. All went to college and still got kids in college to this day. And. They're they're constantly doing things to make their life better, you know. And I can see the growth in all of them. Yeah, every single one of them, from the youngest down to the, I mean, from the oldest down to the youngest. Even my little daughter, I just you know, today we got up this morning to go play um, soccer. She she has a trainer that comes every um, Sunday and trains her. And just to see the the strive and the and the energy and the and the just wanting to succeed. Yeah. In her, it just it, it just it brings joy as a parent watching that and watching her grow. Because I remember when she first started. To where she's at now, so much better. Like, Night and day. Start seeing yeah. like the like the growth in her. Like wow, yeah. this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, you know, like just to watch it because I, I I do videos on her, of her every time she plays, just to kind of see you know where she started Where's, from, where yeah. she's at now. I'm like, oh my god, see this girl got some foot at some foot, some foot <laughs> movement there. I'm like, yeah. That. Do you, do you yeah, show so her like, hey, this was you when you first yeah, started? She, she likes to yeah. She likes to see. She like, daddy, can I see the video? So. 
we go over and look at the video or whatever. But yeah, she, um, but she's that, she's that kid that doesn't want to disappoint dad. Yeah. You know, she's my youngest and my last, so she doesn't want to disappoint dad. She wants to make sure that dad is happy. So, yeah. Are you but, sure it's your last? I always say, you know, I love, I love my boys. My boys are, are my, uh, my heart. Yeah. You know, but having little girls, it's like, uh, it's almost like the, I don't say icing on the cake, but it's completely different. That's what I was going to ask you if, if you found it to be different, like it's between raising much. sons and girls. So much because girls are a lot more vulnerable. They're a lot more sensitive, I guess you'd say. Uh, not vulnerable, but more sensitive. And so, um, and she's that, she's just so sweet. She's a sweet little girl. Like, she always wants to make sure dad's okay. You know, dad, I got an energy drink for you. you know, she'll <laughs> just come home with an energy drink for me. Yeah. Because she, she, she'll do the things that she knows that I love. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for, for instance, her Father's Day, she gave me a card. She had to have her own card. It couldn't have been a card that all the brothers signed and she signed on it. She yeah. had her own card. And um, the car pretty much went like, Dad, thank you for waking me up early in the morning to to get to practice. You know, even when I'm tired, you push me. Yep. And I love you for that. And I'm like, oh. And I, I look and go, did she write this? <laughs> you know, so it's joy like that. You yeah. Know, you get joy like that from being a parent. When you get little things like that come back to you. Right. It's like, she she just said that. Yeah. Like yeah. she you know? recognizes. Yeah. But then you, got, you, then you go from your youngest child to your oldest. And he, he you know, he'll, he'll. He put something on there that's just like mind-boggling, you know. <laughs> it just like blows your mind. And I'll just read it really quick. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, he's uh, <clears throat> and he's my oldest, and and it's just like it's one of those things where it's like, huh? Okay, I see, I see you. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> yeah, I see you. <laughs> let's see. So let's see. Uh, okay, so he wrote this. He said, there are certain cards everyone is dealt, but in their lives, well, I read this, yeah. there are certain cards that everyone is dealt in their lives that they can either choose to accept them or run away from them. He goes, I'm happy and was blessed with a father who chose the faith of his children. I've seen obstacles unimaginable because I may become overcome by my father. And no matter how hard things got for him, he always chose his family. The growth you find in the journey is amazing. And I never really understood that until recently. I love you, Dad, with all my heart. And thank you for being who you are. Happy Father's Day. Wow. How did that hit you when you first read it, brother? This is a guy that's 26, going to be 27. I'm like... (laughs) (laughs) but so but do you see what i'm saying it's little things like that that you appreciate as as far as being a a parent like that pride thing yeah that prideful that makes that um makes you get up every day to do what you do that's what it's for that's what it's for you do it for them you do it for them you do it for them to secure their future you do it for them to make sure that they they live a life better than what you lived yeah that's that's what you strive as even if things are like that those moments that are you know I feel like because you cherish them so much that they seem like they might be few and far between, but you, exactly, you strive for those type of interactions with your children all the time. You know, I I know even with our, our kids are young, but I'm sure we've had, both of us have had moments like that where like, 
had it, I wouldn't have it any other way, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way than it is right in this moment. Yeah. And, and it's a lot of sacrifices, yeah. too, you know? You can't... We all have friends that are out maybe living a single life or guys driving big trucks, but, you know, you sacrifice and yeah. you don't have these things that you, you want, but you have those moments like that that it's like, okay, that are prices. I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. prices. The, the thing that I've realized, because I remember there was a time in my life I didn't have nothing, and I had to work hard to get where I'm at, right? Yeah. But I think um, with just being consistent and keep your eye on the prize, all those things that you ever wanted or ever imagined to, to have will all fall into place. You know, it may not it may not get there like now, but if you keep your eye on the prize, eventually it'll get there. And I say that because I remember there was times where me being a young father and all my friends going off to college doing their thing and I'm sitting here raising a family um, and watching what they were doing. And, you know, you're kind of like, dang, you know, I wish I was there. But um, I always said, you know, I would take being a father over any all the things that they were doing at that particular time. But I look back now, I'm like, all the things that they I thought they had or that they were working to get, everything fell into place for me because everything right. that they currently have, I have, and I probably have a little bit more. Yeah. Just from my hard work and working hard to make sure that my children didn't go without. So, right. you know, I can't look back at my life and regret anything. Um, I think that I'm in my early 40s. And, um, <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> There's no brain, there. There's no brain. Um, and um, I can look back and say, you know what? I'm grateful. I'm grateful and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the people that are in my life. I'm thankful for the life that uh, was given. And I'm grateful for um, um, my children, um, my wife, you know, her support and the love that she's uh, given me over the years. And just, just, Life is good. Life is good. And, and life is always what you make it. So, yeah. you know. Do you feel like with your boys being older that it's definitely not over? Like, you know no, what I mean? No, 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 no. You're always going to be a parent no matter yeah. what age what age your children are. They're going to always look to you for advice, right? Right. That's just, that's just being a parent, you know. There's stuff that that I have in terms of knowledge that they don't possess, you know, just from being on, on this earth a lot longer right. than they have. So, no, I get calls all the time. I talk to I talk to my kids um, quite frequently. You know, they call all the time asking for advice or direction or what do you think about this, that, or, yeah. or we'll, you know, we'll talk about some type of conspiracy thing that's going on, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. What do you think about this, that? I go, oh, you know, just, they just, just be that rock, opinion. you know. Yeah, so, but it's, uh, you'll always be that parent to you, no matter what age you are. Yeah. And then, you know, your kids will go off and they'll be parents. And then, of course, they'll come to you for more advice, you know, with that. Yeah. You know, my child did this. What would you do about this? Right. So it's always going to be that, I'll always be that person to go to for some form of uh, advice or direction. You know? Yeah, and you yeah. love to share yeah. your opinion. I know that. <laughs> I love to share my opinion with <laughs> <and> my family. <laughs> 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 oh, <man. laughs> Thanks, Pete. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll let everybody know what's on your mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I appreciate that. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I always thought about that because, I mean, I, I know that I go to my mother a lot all the time. I probably talk to her every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want you know, would you say 
I I feel like I know the answer to this question, but would you say it was harder dealing with uh, maybe 11 or 12 year olds? Or would you say you're more worried and nerve wracking that, you know, your kids are older, they're becoming men, they're out there in the world, you know? You know, there's different levels. You know, you go through different levels throughout your children's life, right? So, because I remember when they were first born and looking at them and Stand up all night. Are they yeah. reading? Are you alive? Right alive? <laughs> you know, so yeah. you, have, you have that. Just bring your, your child yeah. home from the hospital yeah. and watching him breathe, watching his chest rising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because then you get, you, you get all those stories about you know, yeah. kids dying in their sleep. So that's a, you worry about that. Then when it's time for them to go off into school, oh my God, now society's going to dictate them. Yeah. Now they're going to be influenced by their friends. Yeah. So that's a worry. And then. <laughs> Then your child goes off into high school. It's like, wow, he's in high school now. It's a whole nother world, right? <laughs> yeah. And so you go through different phases throughout your life of raising your children, right? And I know that most of my children are all adults, with the exception of my little daughter. Um, I do have a 16-year-old that's currently in high school. But, um, okay. you know, you do go through different phases throughout their lives, right? Um, and now that the majority of my children are adults, you still worry about them, too. Because you want them to get it. You want them to yeah. understand it. You want them to be successful. You want them to go off and do the things that you did and beyond. So that's always a worry. So, you know, I worry about my children all the time. I worry about, you know, are they going to be okay? Or, you know, are they going to... Because I'm, I'm always that parent that will always help my children along the way. Especially if they need me. Because I didn't have that. I lost my parents at a very young age. So mm-hmm. I didn't have that push to to say, hey, I'm here for you if you didn't lean on me. Right. You know, I didn't have that. So I'm, I'm just happy that I'm, I'm that person that if my children need me, I'm, here, I'm there for them. And that's incredible that you didn't have that and that you are that for your kids. Like that, you know, in today's day and age, I don't feel like it gets celebrated enough when people are put family first and like don't worry about everything else going on and like that's their main thing. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome in my book, man. I feel like you're like that for everybody in your life. I, I I know that I've leaned on you before, too. Just like you said, call you, talk to you, whatever I might have been going through at that time. But, I mean, I feel like you generally have always wanted to help people that have been around you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, you. Uh, I think we became so close because you, you meant a lot to me, man. Uh, and you still do. And I'm, you know, I'm glad... You came here, bro. Seriously, um. Yeah, I was a bit. I was a bit. I'm, I'm not with all this. I know. Yeah, I'm not, not with all this. You know, exposing know, myself you, like this. You were I saying that very... you almost texted and said you had the COVID, so you. Had to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and that um, would have been valid I, too. We would have just. You know, like, I hate to use that as an excuse, but you know, I'm a very. Um, you know, I don't like to expose myself. Like I know. That. I expose. I, I knew... expose myself to people that I'm near and dear. You know. What I mean? Right. To, and. And I, and that for you to come on here, it means a lot, man. I know you got time restraints and you're going to have to get out of here soon, but just, I think for, for myself and I guarantee for a lot of the listeners just to get to hear a perspective coming from you with everything going on in the world, somebody that has put their family first and stayed consistent. Um, I'm just happy to know you, man. And I think your story is amazing. I appreciate that. I really do. I really really appreciate that. Do you know I love you? So yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Yeah, So it's uh, it was this is good. I mean, I'm glad you guys are doing this. This is um, he was the first person I called when I was thinking about doing this. Yeah, yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. I, I, I don't think, uh, I didn't know what it was going to become. I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. Um, and I didn't know like who I should do it with. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, you know, talking about the podcast. I was talking about, uh, the food reviews. Mm-hmm. I remember I told you that. And then talking about doing the streaming and kind of this general idea of what I thought it should be. And, um, I knew I needed a partner and I just wanted to, you know, I value your opinion as well. And I wanted to see what you thought about it and maybe if you would want to come on board, but he told me, right. He's like, it sounds good. It sounds good. I think people would want to hear that. And ultimately that's what I'm, like, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to yeah, do He came to me for advice, but I didn't know that he was going to ask me to do this. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't going to tell you. I wasn't going to tell you. I wasn't going to tell you. I was like, well, yeah, that's a right great, away. That's good. You should yeah. do it, bro. I'm all for that. I'm all about positivity, right? Yeah, do it. <laughs> so when he called me, I was like, nah, I'm good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not coming I'm on not the show, though. The show, yeah. <laughs> there was some convincing, yeah, and I, yeah, could, I can be very persuasive, I feel. Yeah, sometimes. Well, well uh, again, man, I really appreciate you coming on, and I think there are a lot of gems in there. I, like, my favorite is... Uh, I'd rather be tired than broke. I think yeah. that's, a, that's a perfect spot to end it. Yeah, I think he should. Yeah, we should get that as a T-shirt. Yeah, I'd rather be tired than broke. Yeah, yeah, I guess I'll make for you. <laughs> I'll bring it over next time. Okay, Hell yeah, good. All right, guys. Well, this was episode four of the podcast. Be sure to hit us up on Instagram, Facebook. Kairu Washington. Kairu Washington. Thanks again, brother. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me. See you guys. Dude, that was money. Awesome.